0: Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, a reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. My name is James Thomas. Today is Friday, August the 25th, 2023. It is the 20th Friday in Ordinary Time. It's four months till Christmas. It's also the feast of St. Louis, King of France, and St. Joseph Colossans. Our reading today is from the gospel according to St. Matthew. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest in the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. Okay, so we've heard this. Hopefully we have. It is the greatest commandment. It is about love. I always think about how love, the word love, is thrown around in our current culture. And really in our previous culture as well. The past 50 years, maybe further than that. There are movies about love that are really about selfishness. There are songs about love that are really more about infatuation. Uh, there are books written about love. I think about, I mean, I just say these kinds of things to make fun of what's out there. I think of Eddie Murphy um, on Saturday Night Live. If you love love as I do, try my new book. And he's written, you know, romance novels. And he, he reads sections that are completely ridiculous. I had suddenly come to realize that the 250 I spent on wine would not go to waste. Uh, it's just funny stuff. Or uh, some of the songs I listened to growing up. I'm thinking of Van Halen, you know, because there's so many songs that are have the word love all through these songs. Uh, how do I know when it's love? When love comes walking in. Uh, why can't this be love? And it's always about love as a feeling. Love is something that happens when there's two people together and they feel it. And it's interesting because, and you know, I do like to preach a lot about Pope John Paul, his theology of the body, and his true definitions of love. He defines it in a lot of different ways. Essentially, he says love is about giving. Love is about sacrifice. I mean, this is <laughs> what Jesus tells us. John 15. There is no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends. Yet in Pope John Paul's writings, he does talk about the importance of emotions. And that's great. That's relatively new in theology and moral theology, especially to talk about how there is a human component, a psychological component, an emotional component Um. When Pope John Paul in his book, Love and Responsibility talks about the stages of relationship, he talks about how there's emotions, but then there's also choices and how choices in the end, in the big picture, choices end up being more important than the emotions, but we can't negate the emotions. We can't deny the emotions. You can't say you love someone if you hate them <laughs> in your emotions, right? It's not just a question of making the right choices. It's a question of forming a relationship. And so, you know, heaven, if we go to heaven, we're not going to be there reluctantly. We're not going to be there hating God for all of eternity. But here I am because I follow the rules. And yet that's how people treat their faith. So, like I say, there's a lot of familiar things that we can talk about regarding the word love we can talk about i like to talk about how jesus says love god first and this is kind of where i'm going today loving god comes first and he says love with your whole heart your whole soul your whole mind etc if we look at the beams of the cross they represent the two types of love right love of god love of neighbor love of neighbor is horizontal it's for jesus's arms love of god is the rest of jesus's body it's the vertical beam It's the longer one. Jesus says in different places, I have come to reunite both. He's come to reunite us with God. He's come to reunite us with one another. We get the power to love others through what Jesus does on the cross, the graces that come from his death and his resurrection. And so this is all very important to talk about. And, um, I just feel as if, and this is just what came to me in prayer this morning, when it comes to loving our neighbor, I don't know, that can be very hard, but we talk about it all the time. We talk about charity. We talk about social justice. We talk about all the things we can do. When we're teaching kids in school, we say, okay, how can we teach them how to better love their neighbor? Let's go to a soup kitchen. Let's make sandwiches for the poor. Let's do a toy drive. Okay. These are things that help us learn about love. I feel like a lot of these things are from a distance. It's always nice when you can do things a little bit more up close. How about ways we can love the people in our own home, in our own neighborhoods? Um, When talking with married couples, I love to talk about the love languages. And once again, this is where I'm going today. There are five love languages, and this has been so helpful for couples, and it's so helpful for people in general when we learn the five love languages. And they are, I'm going to say them from memory right now, uh, time spent is considered the most important one, presence, the presence of your presence. But there's also gift giving. There's also kind words. There's also service. And there's also affection. It's funny when we do service projects with the kids, We do works of service more than anything else. Sometimes there might be kind words like, let's write a letter to the soldiers, something like that. We certainly are not encouraging affection, and the kids are doing plenty of that on their own anyway with each other that we usually have to rein in. But yeah, we're not encouraging the kids to go hug homeless people. Yet that's one of the love languages. When we look at the life of St. Francis, I mean, that's what he was doing. He was going among the lepers and hugging them right? (laughs) We can talk about time spent. And I mean, that's a lesson I always try to teach. You know, if we're going to visit a nursing home, for example, don't just sing your song or hand out your cookies and then walk back out the door, sit there with them, talk to them, play a game of checkers with them, ask them who they are and where they're from, ask them about their family. They love to talk. And, uh, so, do we cover it all? The service, the gift-giving, the kind letters, I mean the kind words, and letters, you can do that in a letter, the affection and the presence. Okay, now I'm going to take a great leap here as our thought for the day. I'm seven minutes into this, and I'm finally getting to my point, and that is, do we ever consider applying the love languages to God? If I ask the average person, never mind the average person, the average Catholic today, do you love God? How do you know that? How can I know that you love God? Well, well, well I, I go to church. Really? Okay. Let's talk to the Catholics that actually go to church. How about those that go every week? Now we're getting a much smaller number. How about those that go every day? Now it's a minuscule number. How do I know that you love God? Well, I go to church. Yeah, I love God. I love. God. Yeah, I realize God's given me this or that, and I'm grateful. For so many people, we can't even get that far. They just have this very airy kind of empty notion of, yeah, I love God. And once in a while, I'll tell them that we celebrate Christmas. Doesn't that mean I love God? I um, put a manger out on the lawn, something like that. I don't know. And I don't want to disparage any of this. This is great stuff. But when we consider what Jesus is asking us to do, love God above all things, and that is what we need to do to be perfect. And that's what we need to do to get into heaven. Loving God even more than we love our neighbor, and yet both are supposed to be perfect. Love of God comes first. I always say when talking about liturgy and things in parish life, the reason we screw it all up is because we put the love of neighbor first. Love of God has to come first. In the liturgy, are we getting all caught up in, you know, the the little lambs we're going to create for the kids? Or the way we're going to do the sign of peace? Or the architectural structure that makes us all face each other? Or the social event that's going to come after Mass? Or do we focus rather on how we worship? You know, I mean, a great example is preparing kids for their first penance and actually preparing the kids for their first penance. How to pray it, how to really do it and mean it, instead of just learning the dance and drawing a picture of a lamb or a little dog or cat or something. So putting the love of God first, I suggest if we want to love God more, let's take the love languages and apply them to God. And you know, it's true, and Pope John Paul backs it up, love is about feelings. But even more so, and at a more mature level, it's about choices. Sometimes it doesn't feel good, but we still do it. We make the right choices. So many of you know this in your marriages It doesn't always feel good. It's not always fun. It's not always rewarding. But still, you make the choice to do such and such for your spouse, to give them a gift. I'm going through the love languages here. To say something nice. That can be a little harder. To spend time in their presence. Once again, that's the most important one. And to show affection. That can be hard to do when we're not feeling it. So how do we do these things with God? When we've been far from God, when we're not feeling it, when things aren't going well. Well, you know, in my opinion, this all picks up momentum as we go. But yeah, the most important thing I'm going to say, and it's really the most important thing in my heart, and that is spending time with the Lord. Par excellence, we do that in adoration. But even when we can't get to adoration... um. And I'm constantly counseling people to do this. You can't get to adoration. You can't get to church. You can't do a holy hour. Fine. Take a crucifix. Take a picture. Sit with it. Look at it. Sometimes it might happen that you want to talk God's ear off in good ways or in bad ways. If that's what you're inspired to do, do it. Sometimes you have nothing to say. Okay, sit with them. You benefit more from sitting in the Lord's presence, meaning mentally, emotionally, putting yourself in God's presence, being with the Lord, putting he's always there. He's always holding you. Your heart would stop beating if he took his finger off of you. But it means opening up your mind to the Lord, opening up your heart to the Lord. So maybe we do that with a picture. Maybe we do that with a sunset or on the beach. Or holding a baby. Or even just sitting with your dog. Maybe listening to the silence at nighttime. Looking out, I love it when it snows. (laughs) A snowstorm for me is comparable to looking at the ocean. It's just beautiful. And it's big. And it's beyond me. Therefore, the Lord's on the other side of that snowstorm. He's not just on the other side. He's in it. And he's right there next to me with it, in it, etc. So sitting with the Lord. That's the best thing we can do for ourselves. It's the best way to show our love. But how can we show affection? That's another one of the love languages. There's so many ways to show affection to the Lord. How about we kiss the religious objects? Come on, we're not worshiping the object, you know that. But it's a symbolic gesture to have a picture of Mary and kiss that face in the picture. She feels it on her end. She knows. She can receive our prayers. Of course, she doesn't keep them. She gives all our prayers to Jesus. But she knows when you're kissing that picture of her, she knows her baby boy or girl is kissing her face and that's going to continue in heaven. It's just a little appetizer here on earth. It's a little foreshadowing. There's lots of ways we can show affection. And of course, the way we show affection with each other is also reflective of our love of God. That's true. You know, in all this, whatever we do for our brothers and sisters, we do for the Lord. That's true, too. But there is such a thing as prayer and loving God directly. So we don't just talk about the second part and expect that that's going to do everything. What about kind words? It's a good exercise to journal. And in your journaling, show gratitude. Tell the Lord what you're grateful for. Lord, thank you for this today. Thank you for that. This was good today. That wasn't so good today. Let's talk about it. Our words are gifts. How can we give gifts to the Lord? I'm not just talking, once again, of giving gifts to others and saying, okay, whatever you do for the least of my brothers and sisters, etc." but do we maybe take some time and a little bit of money and go buy some flowers and put them in front of a statue of Our Lady? It's a way to give a gift. And I don't know. There's different things. And our penances can be gifts. When you consider what Jesus did for you on the cross, saying, Lord, today I'm going to give you the gift of not eating lunch. Lord, I'm going to give you the gift of giving up this dessert. The list goes on and on. I'm not going to watch TV today. I'm not going to listen to music today that I love to listen to. We make gifts to unite ourselves with Jesus on his cross. He gave the gift of his life. Some of us might be so blessed as to be asked to do that, but most of us will not. So there's all kinds of other gifts we can give. So there's presence, there's affection, there's gift giving, there's also kind words. I did say that already. And then there's uh, service. All right. So service ends up being connected to the second part of love. But there's service that can be more directly for the Lord's service And, you know, service at the altar doesn't mean I have to be up in front of everybody doing the reading, although there are people needed to do that sometimes. But service at the altar. You know, the altar and rosary society used to be a group, and it is in some places, that volunteered to clean the altar and the church. In a lot of places, they don't do that anymore because the youngest member is 82, And so what do they do now? They just give money towards the things of the altar. And you know, that's good too, because we want the nicest vestments for Jesus. We want the nicest chalices and things for the altar, candlesticks. How many times you go into church and the candlestick used to be gold. Now it's rust and they need to be redipped. That requires money or it requires somebody who knows how to do it to actually do it. So there are ways to give our service directly to the Lord, and of course, to serve the Lord in our brothers and sisters. But these are great things to think about. We often think of how we can better love our brothers and sisters, and yes, theologically we can say love of God is more important, but how do we do it? And once again, I always love to go back to the five love languages, because it's helped so many people to fix their marriages, to fix their relationships, to find more happiness in life. And this is how we are made. Jesus says it, and it's quoted in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. It is better to give than to receive. And Pope John Paul talks all about it in his Theology of the Body, that we get so much more pleasure and joy in giving than we do in taking. It's the difference between love and lust. Love is giving. Lust is taking. Lust leaves people. Yes, it might be very pleasurable at that moment. The moment ends, and then there's emptiness. If a person has a conscience, there's guilt. Sometimes their conscience is so numbed, there's still emptiness. And then there's a look looking for, all right, when am I going to get my next lust hit? Whereas love leaves us in joy. And we look forward to the next time we're going to love in that way. But we, it fills us. It gives us a peace. It's a lasting joy that we have when we give of ourselves, when there is true love. And it's contagious. People want to give that love back to us. And so it's about growing in relationships then. So we ask our Lord that we may truly live this reading here today. This is the greatest of all commandments. Our saints for the day or any saints we can talk about Our saints, exactly because they loved. Then the love of God shone through them. So let's ask the Lord through the intercession of Our Lady that we may become loving just as they were, that love may grow, that our hearts may grow, so that the love of God can flow through us more to increase our happiness in this life and for all eternity. Have a great day. God bless you.